Coming up on this episode of Real Talk Rentals, we're going to talk move outs. What happens when a tenant moves out and what do you have to do to get ready for that next resident? Welcome to Real Talk Rentals, a podcast brought to you by OnQ Property Management. We're going to delve into all the secrets, tips, and tricks that go into owning a rental property. So buckle up and stay in for the ride. My name is Ben. I'm your host. And with me, as always, is my co-host, Eric Dixon, the go-to expert on all things property management and real estate here in Arizona. Today, we're going to be talking about what happens when the tenant moves out of a property, what processes get triggered, what goes from there. So let's jump right into it. And Eric, I'm just going to ask you that question. What happens when a tenant moves out of a property? Well, Thanks for having me today. First of all, getting the uh, the afternoon jitters. <laughs> so yeah, when a, when a tenant moves out, I was trying to think as you were, you were questioning that um, or phrasing that out, it starts before they move out. So it's going to start with a, uh, a notice of some kind. So either the tenant or the owner is going to issue a notice to vacate. You know, for us, you know, people hire us to do that process for them. So they don't have to be the one, you know, telling the tenant, hey, sorry, you got to move. But uh, so it's going to be the owner or their property manager giving them notice minimum in Arizona, 30 days earlier than the lease expiration. Oftentimes it's 45, 60, maybe even 90 days prior, or the tenants giving their notice saying, Hey, I'm, I'm moving, I'm buying a place. I'm moving to another place or whatever. So I would say that's where it starts. And then from there, it kind of starts the whole cycle of, of the steps to take. So um, one is turning utilities on. So when the tenant moves out, the uh, there's not an interruption in service. Um, then when the tenant does move out, they'll turn in their keys. So the lease actually doesn't end until they turn in their keys and say, I'm all the way out. Um, from there, what we do, and I'll kind of just walk through what on cue does, you know, sure. as far as, as far as that goes, we'll send an inspector out and we'll do a full move out inspection, take several hours, document everything in the house, um, from paint floor, opening every cabinet, turning on every appliance, uh, landscaping pool, um, checking for visual um, deficiencies and so forth. Now, they're not home inspectors. They're not gra- jumping on the roof or getting in the attic or checking the mechanical function of the air conditioning unit and so forth, but they can notate, is the AC working? Are the appliances working? Are the elements heating up? Is the microwave turning on? You know, that sort of stuff. Um, then from the move-out inspection, it'll shoot over to our, our system and our and our property manager, and then they'll send that to the owner and the owner reviews it, we review it and compare it to the move-in inspection that we've talked about on previous episodes. And then we compare the two and we talk about what is the tenant responsible for, what is the owner responsible for, and uh, and kind of what, what happens there. Here in Arizona, and it's kind of the, the probably the biggest task in a move-out when a tenant moves out, is doing the disposition. So it's basically detailing out, here's your refundable deposit that you paid upon move-in, say it's $2,000, and detailing out any charges and then sending that refund check. And in Arizona, you know, we have 14 business days to do that, which sounds like a ton of time. But by the time you do the move out, you get estimates from contractors and handymen and so forth. And you talk to the owner back and forth. You're talking to the tenant. I mean, oftentimes your, your back's against the wall trying to get it out before that 14 days. And uh, as long as you get it out within those 14 days and it's clear and it is fair and you do not charge for something that... that that you're not actually going to do, you know, it's actually a fairly simple process. Do they get the check at the same time as the disposition or is the disposition like, Hey, this is what to expect. And they have a chance to say, 
no, that's not. Yeah, so you mail we mail the check out with it. Yeah, okay. So the money is due when when the disposition goes out, gotcha. and then and then there's the opportunity for um, the tenant to review. You know, say, oh yeah, do you know what I did? Forget to clean it, got dinged for cleaning. Oh, I didn't clean the carpets, got dinged for that. Oh, I ripped that TV off the wall, and I didn't patch the drywall holes. <laughs> you sure. know, usually it's very simple things. Uh, you know, they, they're charged for. Yeah. Well, that would, kind of brings us perfectly to my next question, which is what is a tenant responsible for at move out and what is a landlord responsible for? Like what qualifies? You hear a uh, normal wear and tear a lot. Oh, yeah. People say that and stuff. So what what kind of falls into a category of a landlord responsibility versus a tenant? Yeah. So the uh, what I say to everybody that asks, because I'll oftentimes get this asked by people interviewing us to be their property manager. It's damage and neglect and any unpaid charges on their ledger. So you think of damage as something they either did intentionally or it could have been an accident, but they didn't fix it before it went out. Neglect, you'll see a lot with some people just don't even vacuum the whole tenancy. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and it sounds crazy, but they don't, they may not vacuum or clean or, you know, they were just neglectful in the landscaping and it, killed a bunch of bushes and, and that sort of thing. It it reminds me there was a, uh, and this is kind of going back to your first question again, but, uh, we had a a tenant that we actually had a citrus tree die. It was in the front yard and they said, Oh yeah, we just turned off the water. We wanted to save the water bill. This is big, beautiful tree, right? So the owner was upset about it. It was neglectful and it was damaging. So yeah, it's a fair charge, you know, to charge them to replace this tree. So I want to say it was like 600 bucks you know, for removing the old tree, buying the new tree, planting it, hooking it up to the water, you know, to, to do that. So the tenant actually did not fight the the charge. You know, they, they charged him. I think it was the only thing on their ledger. They got charged $600 for killing the orange tree. Yeah. And then in their head, they're like, well, we saved $2,000 in water or whatever, yeah. <laughs> or water and upkeep yeah. and so forth, whatever. So they were fine with it. Well, three months down the road, we paid the owner the 600 bucks because he said, hey, I have my own landscaper. He's going to install it next week, whatever. It's all good. New tenant moved in, thought nothing of it. Well, the uh, I think it was three, six months later, the previous tenant calls us and says, hey, you know that tree I was just charged for, for 600 bucks? It's not there, and I want my money back. Oh. And <laughs> you know, the property manager comes in my office and is like, hey, what do we do? And I'm like, well, we cannot charge a tenant for work that was not done. So we called yeah. the owner, and what happened was they uh, maybe it was more expensive, or they just said, "Ah, hey, I'm just going to pocket this or whatever." And we said, "Dude, that's not fair." We ended up obviously giving the money yeah. back, but it just goes to the further point of you only can charge them damage, and neglect, or unpaid charges. Which an unpaid charge might be like an HOA fine from six months ago that they never paid, sure, or a late fee that they never paid but we kept collecting rent. Um, and and so if we are just charging it just to charge it and not going to do the work, you can't do that. You know, yeah. we, we would never, but you hear some uh, horror stories of owners that are like, oh, I'm going to charge you to replace the carpet. And they just clean the carpet, but they charged them to replace it. Or Yeah. Or I think that you often hear from tenants, people that rent that's their biggest fear, you oh, yeah. know, when they look at this deposit, like, did you do these things, <laughs> you know? So, and it sounds like, you know, with the citrus tree, it was probably unintentional, right? Oh, yeah. Like they, it was just a misconception, but can you imagine being that person that drives by and is like, wait a minute. Yeah. You took 600 bucks from me to put a tree in. And now it's just no rock. Tree. Yeah. 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 That's well, no, and it's a hard conversation to have with owners of ours and clients. 
it is a hard conversation to say, okay, Ben, we're going to charge the tenant two or $300, but Ben, you're actually responsible for $900 of work. And they're like, well, what do you mean? It was perfect when the previous tenant moved in. Yeah. But some of it's just deferred maintenance. It's like, Hey, look, your house needs painted and it hasn't been painted in 10 years. That's not the previous tenant's fault. Sure. You know, it's just wear and tear. Yeah. Or it, hey, this the appliances car, are on their last. Yeah, leg. the appliances are like, hey man, these are old from the '80s. You know, you're trying to achieve top rent, and so it is a hard conversation. What the owners and, and clients usually want is, I want the house to get rent ready out of the tenant's deposit. Yeah, hundred percent. And it's like that's not always even feasible. And again, yeah. I'll say it. I've said it on previous podcasts, but we'll tell them, like, hey man, you might not not be ready to be a landlord if you aren't willing to invest in the property. Yeah. During that turn. Yeah. And, and like you've said before is that's, it ultimately leads to more rent. You oh, yeah. know, it, it's yeah. thinking way too short term to be like, yeah, put those eighties of appliances in there. It's fine. Yeah. You know, well, you're going to get tenants who are okay with eighties appliances. Yeah. Then. <laughs> yep. yep. So on the tenant side, um, what if the move out is an eviction? What if they need to, and I know that's a whole you know, can oh, yeah. of worms of its own episode, but in this process, what, what triggers when it's an eviction is instead of a, you know, notice of vacating. Yeah. So there, and there's a couple, uh, a couple ways. So one is an eviction. And like you said, this could be a whole other podcast of just like what goes on during an eviction. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, but it could just be, we call them skips where the tenant just literally walks in the office and says, here are my keys. And we're like, Hey, you didn't give notice. And they're like, Oh, sorry. I moved out. You know, so on a skip or an eviction, that's more of a forcible eviction. Um, I'm trying to think of a couple other scenarios that isn't conventional, right? And so we treat those in the same way where we're still going to treat it like a normal move out, where we're going to do a move out inspection. We're going to do, um, you know, document everything, but immediately they usually owe money more than the deposit. So like, sure. uh, so like on an eviction, we start at the five, at five days, we send the five day notice. I'll just use you as the example because it's sure. easier to talk to you. Um, <laughs> but say, hey, Ben, you're five days late on rent. Here's your five-day notice by certified mail. Usually the tenant is either communicating or they're not. It's usually nothing in between. It's like, no, this is what's happening. My job, my you know, something yeah. happened, or they just disappear. Um, Ten days later, we'll send it to the attorney's office, and they'll set a court date and get the ball rolling in that direction. Um, you know, and from there, usually by the end of the month, it takes about 25 to 30 days. By the end of the month, we'll get possession back. And there's a lot of different steps in between there, but usually we get possession back and not only have they not paid rent, we've got court and eviction fees on their ledger. Um, usually by that point, when we take the property back, the owner has utilities. The house is never in good shape. I no, mean, you I can't mean, imagine that you get evicted and the the tenant's like, "Do you know what? Let me clean the carpets or let me <laughs> let, let me touch up paint before I go yeah. out." You know, um, unfortunately, there's there's crazy stuff that happens too. Like right now, we've got a move out where they left their pets behind. You know, oh, and man. and we're dealing with the animal control and the you know trying to find a home for these pets. We don't want to just drop them off anywhere. It's yeah. like um, we've actually had employees adopt several I was going to say our it's head like, of inspection I think has like several dogs. Yeah, that, that he has a soft been. heart for animals and <laughs> and it just begins to be too much but during that eviction process um I guess the the biggest takeaway is your property manager whether it's us or someone else or if you're in another state and you're doing it yourself you you just there are very strict rules that you got to follow but understand upon move out 
it's a difficult process to get that money back paid by the tenant. I mean, they just got evicted from their home, so they obviously have no money. Yeah. Um, and so the landlord is having to fork a bunch of money over to clean it, get it ready, new carpet, new paint, you know, whatever the, the landscaping is usually atrocious. Yeah. Um, and so it's, there's several thousand dollars out of pocket. And then once we get the new tenant in and it's, it's onto the next tenant, then we kind of go back and we say, okay, let's, let's button this file back up. Let's send it to collections, garnish wages, uh, or, you know, settle with the previous tenant or whatever the situation is. Sure. Um, is there, I mean, I guess this kind of leads to my next question is, is there a scenario where a landlord, let's say it's not an eviction, they're a fine tenant, but the landlord says, hey, I want to not renew with this tenant because I want to put it on the market for more money. Yeah. <laughs> they know this person is not going to be okay with, you know, whatever this new price is. Can they... Is yeah. that doable? I, I've seen people ask that question before. Well, and it's like you've seen this kind of be a trigger on the news, even too. That's like my landlord raised my rent a thousand dollars, and the sticker shock is like, dude, that's messed up. Like, yeah. why would you raise the the rent so high so quickly? You know. So, I'd say first, there's two sides to every story. Obviously, there are there are landlords taking severe advantage of 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 different tenants. That's not okay. Um, but there's also ways around negotiating rates and stuff like that. Um, the uh, so there are a number of reasons. A few come to mind of reasons why you want to end the lease. That's not an eviction at, at, at the beginning. It's not an eviction. It could be a ten day notice type thing. You know, we we had a client that was they rented a house from us. Um, they passed all the checks and everything because they had good income, good background, all that. They moved in and then they turned it into an Airbnb. Oh. And uh, we had to send them a 10-day notice, say, hey, dude, you can't do that in this community without permission, that sort of thing. Can't sublease, you know, sublet yeah. the property. Um, ended up having to start the eviction, but then they kind of just said, hey, look, let's figure this out. And they paid out of their lease. Um, we've had criminal evictions where we found out that uh, the FBI called. So oh. I was like, hey, you have a, a wanted person if you want to Google it, you can Google the Wig Bandit. The Wig Bandit in Maricopa, Arizona. It was one of our one of our tenants, and, and it was one of those things that's like, dude, they're current on current on rent. Great tenant. Uh, great tenant. <laughs> the routine inspections are coming fine, you know. So we had to get our way out of that one. Um, but but I guess the biggest one you're you're dealing with that you're asking about is we'll take over properties. Maybe you're self managing. We take it over, and we're like, man, Ben. You're $500 below market rent. What do you want to do? And the owner's like, well, just send him a notice. Bump the rent up 500 bucks. And he's like, oh, that's why you hired us. Because you wanted us to be the bad guy. You know, and, <laughs> so and it's raise, us on the news. And, and, and yeah. raise the rent. And now on cue's on the news, right? So there's a few ways we can do it. If you're going to raise rent like that, I suggest you give them a much more than 30-day notice. Give them three to six months and say, hey, look, Ben, I understand you know, you love this house. We love you as a tenant, but here are comps actually send them and say, Hey, look, finding a house in this neighborhood is going to cost you 2000. You're paying 1500. I'm not saying I need the full two, but I need to get it up to 17 or 18 and kind of reason with them. And they're either going to react in one way. They may just be upset, but usually people realize when they go on Zillow or realtor.com or Zumper or something, and they look, yeah, they're going to be like, man, I've been getting a steal. And don't think that your tenants know if they're getting a steal. They know. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> and they'll usually be cool. And they're like, do you know what? You know, we'll negotiate this out. Or, hey, thanks for giving me three months notice instead of 30 days. 
Right. And then you don't get that, those bad reviews or those bad phone calls or calling the news, you know, if you just uh, give them more time. Another thing you can do is just let them go month to month and negotiate a higher rent than you're at, but maybe not full market, but say, hey, Ben, I'm going to raise your rent $200, not five, but only for up to six months. Please go find another place or let me know if you're willing to pay market rent. Um, and then the only other caution I would say to landlords whether you're self-managing again or have us managing it, and hopefully we're giving you this advice, our property managers, is there is value in keeping the tenant above getting full market rent, right? So as an example, if you're at $1,500 rent, market rent is $2,000. It's not worth losing this tenant if they're willing to pay eighteen or $1,900, you know, yeah. usually, if they're taking care of your place. Because vacancy right? You're going to lose uh, your your daily rental rate or your monthly. It could take two to four weeks. You're going to have utilities on in your name as you're getting the house ready. You're going to have costs to get carpet and paint and you know get everything prepped. Um, you're going to have fees to your property management company, right? Marketing the property, getting pictures, leasing it out, the commissions. Um, it's just not worth it to yeah. jump over jump over penny or dollars to pick up pennies. Yeah. <laughs> well, and rolling the dice to hope oh, you get another great tenant. If no, you have a great tenant. And actually that that's actually the best, the best reason that I didn't even mention. Yeah. Yeah. You're rolling the dice. And even though the next tenant may check all the boxes, maybe they don't take care of it as much as yeah. your previous people did. So that's where, you know, if we do routine inspections every six months and we show you, Hey, look, they take care of the place, but they're under market rent. Let's negotiate the rent a little bit. Yeah. Do they take care of your property? And that is invaluable. Yeah. Yeah. Why risk, you know, getting yeah. someone oh, in yeah. there who doesn't care as much, no, who totally. kills your citrus tree. And yeah. then, yeah. No, totally. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I think that pretty much covers it. I think we'll definitely have to dig into evictions more yep. in its own episode one time. Maybe you can bring someone expert on or something to walk us through it because yeah. I know there's tons to avoid there. But, oh, yeah. So that's it for us this time. Um, be sure to follow us and um, subscribe to the wherever you get your podcasts. And we're really pushing. If you could leave us a five-star review, we'd really appreciate that. And we will see you guys next time.